Rewind is brought to you by Press Play to Continue and recorded in the great city and state of Austin, Texas, also known as the live music capital of the world. It is written, produced, and edited by none other than me, Corey Latimer. If you'd like to show your support by keeping Press Play to Continue weird, head on over to my Patreon at pressplaytocontinue.com. I sincerely thank you for your love, support, and kindness that you've shown me. It lets me know I'm actually going down the right path in life. Thank you. Now, on to the show. Welcome back to another episode of Press Play to Continue Rewind. This is episode number three, and I am your host, Corey Latimer. Now, when you play a game, right, a video game, you often wonder, is it possible that this game could take you further than you initially thought? Do you feel as though sometimes a game controls you? Like, maybe, just just maybe, in fact, that the idea is turned into reality. Imagine sitting there alone, right? Late at night, eating your bag of Cheetos, hands full of cheese stains. (laughs) Late at night, right? No one else is around. And you look up and you realize you're in a different dimension. Your mind has been completely altered into non-existence. That's what the idea of Polybius was anyways. Now, the, the urban legend behind said game is quite astounding, to be honest. And let me explain. Back in 1981 in Portland, Oregon, there was an arcade cabinet only known as The Machine that ceased to exist. Let me say that again. It was The Machine that ceased to exist. No one really knows where these machines came from. Mind you... This is all information received from other people that cannot adequately substantiate, right? Basically, what I'm trying to tell you is it's all rumors. That's why I find Polybius so interesting. The myths and the legacy behind this particular arcade is... I don't know. it's, It's something that, if you're a video game lover, definitely listen in and focus because... I wasn't aware of any of this for the longest time until I really did start doing my research. And I probably knew about Polybius, I would probably say at least a few years ago. But I wanted to make this into a podcast because not a lot of people know about it. And so I thought this, in a sense, episode three would be pretty insightful. So... Yeah, I mean, the legend describes the game as part of a government-run, crowdsourced psychological experiment. Now, it may sound a little weird to you, and uh, I'll go further in depth in that regard. So the gameplay supposedly produced intense psychoactive and addictive effects to the players. Sounds pretty intense, right? Sounds pretty futuristic. These few publicly staged arcade machines were said to have been visited by Men in Black. Yes, like the movie, but not really, because Polybius had no affiliation with aliens whatsoever. 
like the movie. <laughs> so um, it was it was the sole main sole purpose was for data mining. Now, if you were wondering what data mining is, it's pretty much the idea of discovering and analyzing patterns within the game itself so that these, you know, quote unquote, men in black can bring this back to government officials. Now, allegedly, players playing Polybius, I'm going to spell that out for you just so you know I'm saying this correctly. Polybius is spelled P-O-L-Y-P or um, <laughs> I screwed up right there. P-O-L-Y-B-I-U-S. The players begin that, that played Polybius started taking ill and were overly addicted to the game within only a few hours of playtime. Some of the side effects included were amnesia, insomnia, even night terrors, hallucinations, and believe it or not, I was kind of taken back by this. There was an actual rumored death that had occurred. Now that's, that's, let me stop right there because there's been all this circumventing going around how much time should be allotted to players playing a particular video game. And keep in mind that this particular video game, Polybius, was a psychological experiment, so that might have an effect on it. And... Yeah, and there's apparently whoever created this game, I guess, knew more beyond than just making a game, (laughs) which is really creepy. Anyways, uh, so, uh, you know, approximately one month after its supposed release in 1981, like I said earlier, Polybius is said to have disappeared without a trace, gone out of existence. Apparently, a lot of you know a lot of hearsays were it's it was a whole time span of one month. Some guys I did within my research stated that this only took effect within a certain amount of days and up to even a week. But like I said, I guess the entirety of Polybius was a full month with all the rumors, speculations, and all that jargon. So, um. Yeah, it, it just some sometime prior to September 2003, this guy by the name of Kurt Kohler, the owner of Coin.org, submitted a tip-off to the video game magazine known as GamePro. Now, a lot of people that play video games know this. Um, GamePro, I mean, it's it 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 is well known within the market um, about Polybius. So this is the first known mention printed I'm sorry this is the first known printed mention of the game exposing the legend to the mass audience The article advocated the existence of the game to be inconclusive believe it or not helping the game or rather helping Polybius the legend and the myth grow even more within the mass the original game's existence has never been authoritatively proven. So hearkening back to the idea of the men in black, right? They would allegedly take down the names of the high scores. They would go in there. I guess within my mind, what I'm trying to, I guess, reenact. I guess these guys, 
that were dressed in all in black would go into the arcade, you know, the arcades within, you know, Portland. And somehow, I guess, when no one was around, they would check all these high scores. And then, you know, even, I don't know if they inserted subliminal messages right then and there or if they did it prior within when Polybius was being made. So that is weird too. Um, the subliminal messaging. So yeah, they would pretty much, they would take down the high scores. They would watch from a distance. And like I said, they would insert subliminal messages within the game itself. However, right. However, some skeptics believe that the Polybius myth has far more recent origin. And let me explain. So, there was this British filmmaker and video game journalist, Stuart Brown. He didn't find any evidence of Polybius myth existing until the year 2000. That's a far reach from 1981. He concluded that Polybius was an in international hoax made by Kurt Kohler. The guy I mentioned earlier, apparently, Kohler was trying to drive traffic to his website, thus making Polybius a mere hoax from Stuart Brown's research. The hoax capitalized on popularity of conspiracy theories, on the highly viral nature of the other recent internet hoaxes that were going on around that time. And when I, let me stop right there. When I was doing my research on that, I, I kind of want to maybe even circumvent into uh, the idea of doing a podcast on internet hoaxes. I, 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 when I was like I said when I was doing my research the other night, I had noticed there was an astronomical amount of hoaxes going on, even before when the internet really internet really took off even like into the said 90s and it's 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 pretty crazy so i might i might have to dive back into that later on so you know kind of going back into what i'm trying to discuss so yeah i mean where i kind of left off was the the hoax capitalized on the popularity of conspiracy theories and the highly viral nature, like I said, of the internet hoaxes. So in Brown's interpretation, right, the reasons for the 1980 origins are simply retro and nostalgic gaming myths, which served as inspiration in Caller's crafted tale. He also theorized that people remembering seeing something about it on Usenet. Now, I've got to stop there again because I wasn't familiar with Usenet for the longest time either. So I, I just want to kind of broaden your your outlook on it as well as mine. Uh, so within my research of Usenet in 1979, two graduate students at the Duke University built the Usenet platform as a means to exchange messages and files through a network with colleagues at UNC Chapel Hill. Similar to the social network that we use today, all these file sharing um, um, platforms. And so Usenet spread through college, college campuses. Remembering like AOL, American Online? That was back in 1993. So AOL began to 
offered Usenet access to its customers. So I figured I'd share that info with you because I found it pretty interesting. So shifting gears back to Polybius, the original arcade cabinet has never been authoritatively located. Several video games have been published under the Polybius, Polybius name, drawing upon the myth and the legacy. Any psychoactive notion or subliminal effects of the apparent 1981 version do not apply to these current copies of this quote-unquote Polybius moniker. There was a PC version. Uh, it was back in 2007. And it was developed and constructed by Rogue Synapse. And believe it or not, I think they were under another tagline. And I couldn't, I couldn't really honestly say the name, but I'm pretty sure they were actually a Texas-based company. But they offered a free downloadable game titled Polybius for PC. So the game's design is partly based on a contested description of the Polybius arcade machine posted on forum by Steve Roach. Now, Steve Roach was this guy that he pretty much, he claimed to have worked on the original 1981 version. And also, in 2006, Llamasoft, a completely entirely different entity, um, announced a game called Polybius for the PlayStation 4, which I do have. I don't have the game, but I do have a PlayStation 4. And I'm hoping to get a PSVR headset just to try it. And maybe I'll do a let's play on that in future, you know, like a future let's play. And then I'll upload that to YouTube so y'all can kind of get an idea of what that's about. The VR, I will, I will say the VR headsets are pretty pricey, so probably won't be doing that for a while. But apparently you won't, you don't necessarily need a VR headset to play the game. I think you can just play the game with an actual controller. So I might be downloading that pretty soon just to try it out and see what see what that's all about. It'd be kind of interesting and fun. So, yeah, pretty much Llamasoft created this, another Polybius, like I said, quote-unquote Polybius game for the PlayStation 4 just to, I guess, just to sell copies because Llamasoft, I guess, is aware of the, uh, the 1981 said hoax. Uh, and I guess their driving force behind it or their sales is mainly, I guess, people like myths and legends such as myself. That's <laughs> they're they're finding a customer within me even as I'm as I'm talking about it right now on my podcast. So yeah, it was it was uh it was added to the PS4 store on May the 9th of twenty seventeen. And a guy by the name of Jeff Mintner I like how I'm throwing these names out there because I don't even know them and I'm sure y'all don't even know them. But it'd be very interesting if one of these particular gentlemen was listening in to Press Play to Continue. And if you are, I would absolutely love for you to, you know, contact me and we can talk further more about this. Maybe we can venture off into another episode of Rewind and discuss a whole different side to Polybius that I'm not even, uh, you know, aware of, nor my audience for that matter. But yeah, it was this guy by the name of Jeff Mintner. 
He claimed to have worked on the original, right? And then it was in a warehouse in Basingstoke, England. Interesting. He also admitted to the later reports that the game was inspired by the urban myth and legend. So, I don't know. I'm just kind of... It, it is interesting to me. That's why I kind of wanted to bring this to your attention. And I didn't necessarily want to go super long on this particular podcast. Uh, I just wanted to kind of give you a little taste of something that I found quite fascinating. And also for the fact that I went really... <laughs> I went extremely, extremely long on my last podcast uh, with Star Wars A New Hope. And I know I did mention on Star Wars A New Hope. I think it was I was pretty much concluding with that podcast. And I was stating that that was part one, which it still is. But I want to do part two... I don't know, because I don't, I don't want to feed into, you know, read wine of just nonstop Star Wars. I think that would kind of get bo- uh, boring for a lot of my audience after a while. Um, even though I'm not, I, 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 <laughs> I don't think I would get necessarily bored with it. But I do want to thank you for tuning in and supporting me with whatever they that may be, whether it's on my you know, social media, Instagram, or my Snapchat, or, you know, my Patreon. So press play to continue slash Patreon.com. That's my Patreon page. And if you're willing and wanting to, I uh, would would absolutely love it. (laughs) Because honestly, people, I'm actually trying to uh, I really would love to make this into a career, but I know it sounds pretty, it's a far-fetched notion at the same time, and I completely understand that, but I I don't really know what y'all want, um, other than the fact that I know that y'all are in fact tuning in, because I can see the actual statistic numbers um, within this particular software program that I have, Um and I, I do see the numbers have fluctuated some. Uh, I guess my 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 hardcore audience, which is not a whole lot <laughs> by any means, but I can see the numbers. Um, so give me feedback. Let me know what you want. And uh, hopefully I can give you a little bit more insight into what episode four might contain, which is next week. Um, I don't know if you necessarily want more Star Wars or want more... So like I said, kind of going back to what this main particular podcast is about, Press Play to Continue Rewind, it's more nostalgic and retro themed. Um, So whatever you can think of, and if you want to submit your questions, comments, and concerns as well, like I said, you can go back to my Patreon page, and at the dollar level, that's where the Q&As are standed at. And then as well as if you want your, I guess your name uh, recorded in the end credits of each podcast and then as well as written within each Let's Play I do. I think that's at the $10 tier. And then if you want to get really generous, <laughs> you can support me at my executive tier and I'll send you something. I'll send you something in the mail, uh, whether that may be a drawing of your choosing, whatever you may want it to be. Like I said, I haven't done it in such a long time on episode two when I was stating this earlier about my, you know, my whole Patreon account. Uh, I'll 
you know, send you something in the mail, or we can discuss even further on what you may want out of me. I want you to choose what y'all want from me, people. You know, y'all are making this happen for me. And inevitably, I'm making this happen for you in turn. So I just wanted to say thank you all out there for listening. And I will see you next time for another iteration of Press Play to Continue Rewind. Goodbye. Rewind is a product of Press Play to Continue. The show was produced by me, Corey Latimer. You can find me on Instagram at Corey with an E-Y and my Snapchat C-O-R-E underscore L-A-T-I-028. As you know, all things Press Play to Continue are fan-funded on Patreon at patreon.com slash continue. I'm internally grateful for your time, love, and support. Thank you.